I'm out of uh, beer and I only have a little bit of whiskey left. I'm oh drinking, no! I'm drinking old bottles of wine. <laughs> no, you man, you know that's very white people problems. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I'm like, I want to drink something. I guess you got this. Very good. I don't even like wine, but uh, whatever scratches the itch. Yep. catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind usually over hookah enjoy coming to you live from elon musk granting us how would be his name granting us the power to speak that's right that's right and bringing us things like uh video conferencing and zoom and WandaVision and internet porn. WandaVision <laughs> and internet porn all together. Um, I'm disappointed in one of those things. Internet um, porn? Well, I didn't super like this this week's episode of WandaVision all that much. I was sad. Why not? I mean, it wasn't bad. I like Catherine Hahn a ton, but I've but I've liked her this whole the whole show. Agatha Harkness. I think that she's. Yes. I think she's killing it. I think that I'm happy to see her get get. Uh, the recognition she deserves as an actress because i think that she's she always a been a fantastic actress she really is oh for sure and so to, to finally kind of have her in a in a role i mean the whole the whole show even before we all knew she was agatha harkness like the whole show i thought that she she was really really doing great and then it's it's just fun to see her do this so like that's good and i think everybody's doing fine I'm just disappointed because I wanted the show. I'm disappointed ultimately only in like two things. One, I, I really just want to see Magneto come on the screen. That's really all I want. I really just want Magneto. That's all I'm looking for. Um, Which Magneto? Well, I mean, at this point, um, I'll you want take the a Michael, Michael Fass. You want the I'll Michael Fassbender Magneto? Or do you I'll want take the... a Michael Fassbender Magneto. <laughs> Sirian McKellen's too old. I love the man, but he's too old. Um, he was too old the first time he played Magneto. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. He was super old now. He's way too old now. But um, I'll take any Magneto at this point because I love Magneto. And so I'm a little disappointed that it's increasingly looking like that's just not what's going to happen. And um, and that's more of a just a disappoint a personal disappointment. That's not WandaVision's fault. Um, but what I am frustrated a little bit about with WandaVision is um, I, I don't like how in this episode a number of what I would consider lazy things take place. Um, and I'm prepared to have them have my mind change in the last episode. I'm, I'm very prepared for it. Um, but like, I don't like how uh, they're just sort of semi-bullshit explanations for, for things that end up uh, uh, either A, being not as good as what people on the internet and myself thought it might be, and then 
B, uh, being sort of like rule-breaking things that kind of fuck up the established in-house rules, even if it might make sense from a comic book perspective. I'm thinking of it more of the in-house rules. So, for example, I um, uh, snorted audibly when when Catherine Hahn was like, Pietro? Yeah, he's just he's just a guy. And I'm like, he's just a guy? Yeah, he's just a guy. You know, I brought him in. He's a guy. He's my eyes and ears. See, see how I can make this thing happen with the uh, with the bug. Yeah, I did that with that guy. And I'm like, but he like is the Pietro from the X Men films. Uh huh. And he like is Quicksilver. Like he's running real fast. Like in in the show. Yeah. How is he just a guy then? I'm confused. Maybe like, he's like, not. Maybe he's not. I know, but. I know, but it just bothers me. It's just a, a bothersome kind of throwaway explanation. Like, maybe. Um, I did laugh out loud on the Scarlet Witch line at the end of the episode. Um, you control chaos magic. You know what that means? You're Scarlet Witch. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, you're missing an important part of that line. Hmm. She says you're the Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, see, what my theory is, is that the Scarlet Witch is sort of like this mythological kind of figure within mm -hmm. Witchdom, sure. um, where the Scarlet Witch is a special kind of Scarlet Witch, or a special kind of witch that has additional powers. Because in the Marvel Universe, the chaos magic is able to be wielded by a human. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't have to be particularly special to, sure. to be able to do that. I mean, Dr strange to my knowledge doesn't have any other powers other than his ability to wield chaos magic which he mm -hmm. learned mm -hmm. um so the scarlet witch emphasis on the the sure. um i think is probably uh, the marvel cinematic universe's way of introducing mutants well yeah i mean that's what i hope happens you know because I want obviously wanda was was born with this innate power to use chaos magic so there's that. I still think that the uh, the Pietro isn't just a red herring. I think that uh, they're going to utilize that to bring Vision back in a way that because the only place that the Mind Stone still exists, it doesn't exist in this current reality. So she'd mm. have to go to another reality to get it. That sure. other reality could have been the Fox reality that had the X-Men movies. That's very um, possible. We've also seen that um, Monica Rambeau has gotten powers mm -hmm. through entering and exiting the hex several times. And that begs the question, well, if that happens to Monica Rambeau, would it not also happen to all the other human beings that are within the, the hex? Would That's they true. not also have their molecular structure uh, fiddled with or realigned or whatever? As a result of the chaos magic, that's a good explanation for where you get mutants from. Sure, I'm, so, I, I'd accept it. I'd accept the whole thing if that's what your theory is. Yeah. I the would. other thing we have to recall and and recognize, not recall, but we have to realize is all the wonderful. There's been a lot of cool fan theories online and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's setting us up for a disappointment, right? Like, because not all of them can be true. You know, That's not all true. of them can be true. I really wanted to see Mephisto. I don't know that we're going to get to that now because it seems mm -hmm. like they're framing Agatha Harkness as the villain, which right. may be, you know, maybe intentional that they're doing that 
to purposely mislead us. Um, we still have one episode left, but there doesn't seem to be very much time to to introduce yet another arc or yet another villain um, right. with only one 30 to 40 minute episode remaining. It seems mm. kind of uh, strange that they would wait that long. You'd think it, you'd think we'd already know what the main antagonist to the story would be. And mm. it looks like it's going to be Agatha Harkness. So sure. Which I'm, like I said, big fan of Catherine Hahn. Glad yeah. that she's doing that role. Uh, we and do. I, have think, to I think Elizabeth Olsen's done a hell of a job too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Me, no disrespect. No disrespect. Yeah. Uh, uh, totally agree. Um, Paul Bettany's a great actor. They have a really yes. good cast in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're we gonna have, have to, to now put a spoilers with... warning before this. By the way, I, I will. That's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> we have to deal with White Vision now too, because they they introduced right. White Vision at the end of that of the last episode. Well, did you ever um, read any of the old Fantastic Fours or any of that stuff? Did you ever read no, any of the old no, Vision questions? Not really. Because that happened in the in the in the comic books as well. When he comes back as White Vision, he he comes back, but he doesn't have the uh well in the comic books they used Wonder Man to mm-hmm. uh give Vision his personality. And whenever Vision's destroyed and they want to bring him back again the wonder man refuses to let them use his brain waves again mm-hmm. so he's just like an automaton like he has right. all of vision's powers and stuff but he doesn't have any of the emotional connection or the memories or anything like that and i think that's what the i can't remember the dude's name now the guy from shield or sword the hayward Tom, thomas hayward, hayward. yeah hayward mm-hmm. i think you know he wants his weapon he wants his weapon for that's what they wanted to bring the vision back for the whole point that sword was there wasn't for wanda it was for vision Right, you know. right. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. I'm okay with all that. I just, uh, I just wish, wish uh, I, I was getting what I wanted exactly when I wanted it. <laughs> really, what it boils down to. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? And then uh, today, today I don't know about you, uh, but today was kind of a weird day for me. I. Uh, my, my remember my buddy Tom who died a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. His his daughter turned two today, uh-huh. and uh, his his uh, uh, widow was posting things about it on Facebook. You know that really that that hits you hard because I miss yeah. Tom, but yeah. but it definitely is upsetting. You know more than upsetting, right? Because that means that it was just about two years ago today. Just about that when he died because yeah you know she was his daughter was three months old you know when he died right real bad so i've been i i thought about that today that was sad well that explains the wine <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if it explains the wine. maybe it might it might i think it's just more that i'm an alcoholic but uh that yeah. I'll, drink, I'll drink alcohol i don't like you're you a know. drunk alcoholics go to meetings remember that Oh, that you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Alcoholics have admitted that they are alcoholics. You know, that's not what I've done. But, uh, well, it's been okay. It's been interesting. Hey, you, you don't, you might not have an update, but are you comfortable sharing a job update? How are, how are things on well, that? Well, um, yesterday I had a, a, we had a, um, rapid response team from the careers, career link, Pennsylvania career link. Mm-hmm. Um, 
do a, a teleconference with us and basically told us not to, <laughs> they told us oh. how to sign up for unemployment and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> it's also looking like they, uh, the facility, the, the company that I work for is trying to market the facility to a different contract. And I have to wait and see what that is. Where I'm at right now is I have 15 years in that company and I have with that a lot of benefits that are tied to the company, not tied to a contract. Mm-hmm. So my vacation time and my, you know, my wages and all that stuff are tied to my years of service with the company. So if there's if there's a contract there that I can keep that, I, I would like to do that. So sure. um, the other option is I, I have a friend that works in the CareerLink area. Uh, she's she she does a lot of adult based training. And I was thinking about um, maybe going into a trade, getting a uh, maybe get an electrician degree or something like that, because oh, wow. I need a lot of stuff around my house done. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I might just do something like that. So I haven't made any decisions yet, but I'm not in a hurry. Um, sure. It looks like I'm going to qualify for the unemployment for a little while. And it looks like that's going to be boosted with the president's um, plan. Congress seems to be close to approving the, the plan for uh, extending unemployment benefits and whatnot. So uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to use that and try to be patient and get a job that I want rather than a job that I have to take. Sure. Nothing in this area is very lucrative as far as wages are concerned. So I'm also trying to figure out what I'm going to invent um, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to work for someone else. That would be great. And, uh, you know, now that I have the Internet, there's always, you know, OnlyFans and Pornhub. That, that's what I was going to recommend is that you would do uh, <laughs> you would. Do a special OnlyFans account where you yeah. market yourself to people who are interested in, like, I guess they're called bears, you know, uh, the or people who are interested in bears, like big hairy <laughs> men, you know, like I don't know, I don't know the terminology. I'm not, you know, I not only do I not watch a ton of gay porn, I myself am not not gay, and so I don't really know the terminology. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel that I feel that. Yeah, I was thinking about you. I wanted to know, you know, you hadn't said what was if there was an ex- anything new happening. So I just wanted to ask. And, yeah, well, it, it's know. looking like, you know, Pornhub might be the way. But <laughs> I, I've uh, since I'm newly back to the Internet after three years, there's been a lot change uh, with the porn true situation. And I have questions for you. <laughs> um we need to we need to explore these i i was uh i was looking around at some numbers right so let me just give okay. you a few numbers that i that i printed out um twenty eight thousand. what do you think that is oh gosh twenty eight thousand. Twenty eight thousand is the number of internet users viewing porn every second viewing porn now no Viewing porn. Viewing porn. Oh, I'm sorry. Twenty-eight thousand people every second. Every second. Wow. Are looking at porn. Seventy-three million is the average monthly usage of visitors with to adult websites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that. Forty-three percent of all internet users view pornographic material online. I suggest that that is low. you might be it might be true that should be that should be phrased like 43 percent of all internet users admit to viewing pornographic content online 
And for all of those listeners out there who are going, well, I don't know what he's talking Bullshit. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You dirty bastards. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> 75% is the people who have accidentally viewed a pornographic website. That now, I can buy. That I can buy. Because... That I can too. Because every time you type something in, right. something with porn pops up. Or you just you're just looking for pictures of Scooby Doo on Google right. Images, and, <laughs> and something comes up. <laughs> and then there's some other there's some other numbers here, but I'll, I'll get to them later. But the question I, that I have for you, I have several questions for you. Okay. Number one, number one, mm-hmm. you're a young guy who views porn on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I would like to know number one where in the hell are they finding these guys because these guys have i mean listen i work in a prison okay i've seen my share of dongs okay we have to strip search people all the time i see it on a regular basis and these people in porn nowadays are very well endowed i don't know where they're finding these animals with these oh, tree trunks man. dangling between their legs. It is crazy to me how huge <laughs> these things are. I can't imagine as a woman that you would be like, yeah, go ahead, shut that thing in there. That's got to hurt. So where are they finding these guys, number one? Mm-hmm. And like, it's incredible. Where do you, what do you think? <laughs> where, where do I think they're finding them? <laughs> yes. um, oh, I mean, do they grow them? Are they, are, they, are they like taking HGH or injecting it into their wieners? What are they doing? I, <laughs> I had a buddy, uh, a story that is related, but that doesn't quite answer your question. I had a, I have a buddy uh, that I was a little closer to in high school. Uh, his name was, was Troop. His last name was Troop. We called him Troop. And Troop uh, went to another high school and uh, went, it was a small high school. And he had a, he had a friend uh, and his, na- his friend's name was Dan. And Dan's nickname was The Horse. Because he one day uh, after gym class, Troop and Dan and another one of their buddies went to go take a shower, and the the, the third buddy just kind of like looking at Dan, like just catches a glimpse <laughs> of Dan in the shower, and goes over to Troop and says, "Is something wrong with Dan? <laughs> what do you mean?" He's like, "Well, I just it kind of looks like there's something wrong with Dan's dick." He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This guy goes over to Dan and it's like, I'm just really concerned, man. I'm sorry, but like, is everything okay with your dick? And he and he like looks down and he goes, Yeah, brother. Like, yeah, this, you won't touch it. This, this is just what it looks like. He goes, This is just what it looks like. Are you sure? And he's like, Yeah, I got I got a 12-inch dick. <laughs> and and uh and so one the story ends with their the third friend freaking out and being like, I can't believe that. And then uh, the next day they were all in band together naturally. And so then the next day uh, at this band meet, Dan's mom and dad, you know, are kind of around hanging out with them and Troop calls Dan the horse. Well, you know, Dan's the horse and, uh, and Dan's mom's like, why is Dan the horse? And, uh, and the third friend says, well, it's cause he's got a 12 inch dick you know like to his mom and and everybody's kind of quiet for a while and dan's mom goes well at least you've inherited something from your father <laughs> you know I'm like oh brother 
That's terrible. So I imagine <laughs> they find I imagine they find these people, um, uh, you know, by recruiting. I suppose. I, well, I if for, for the it. for the general for the general population that's viewing porn, um, this is not normal. <laughs> no, no. Okay. They uh, and I mean I've seen a lot. Like I said, I've seen a lot of cock in my time. And uh, mm-hmm. like we have guys in the prison that will take dominoes, like, you know, little plastic dominoes and file mm. them down into little shapes and then insert them into their penises mm. to to make like bumps and ridges for more pleasure for the woman, I guess. I don't know why a woman would want to fuck a, speed a domino. Bump. Yeah, yeah like, a I, like it looks like a medieval mace. But, you know, they, they I've seen that. I've seen that all the time. But yeah, these, um, these, yeah, these guys walking around with like a baby's arm with an holding an apple, <laughs> like that's not normal. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely not normal. I um, now I will say this, Matt, since you've been out of the game for a while, um, and not that I'm uh, a, I don't want to paint a picture like I am a connoisseur. I am not. <laughs> you know, we 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 all have what we like, and you know, in our spare time, perhaps we might we might take a look, but like, I am not a a connoisseur of porn, but I will say this over, over the last, there's been an interesting move over the last, Oh, maybe six or seven years. This, this, I really remember this happening when I was in college towards uh, uh, I'm going to say more reality based porn. And so not just like, in a like a storyline wise, like, you know, you get those, Oh yeah, I watched a porn where the girl was like, you know, just walking down the street. Like, like no, that's yeah. not what I mean. Like, like it's more of a uh, um, uh, models are are sort of taking ownership of their products and and are presenting themselves, you know, in in more what I would say, oh, normal ways. You know, obviously these are attractive people. Like, like so they're not average looking people because it's porn. But these are also, but we're also not talking about like, you know, women giant on top, tiny in the middle, giant at the bottom. You know, we're talking, yeah. we're talking women that you could that that could have that that you would see and be like, yeah, she's a person, she's a woman. Oh, and she does right. porn, and I see that also with in as far as I you know watch men in porn. <laughs> if I was honest with myself, you know, in as far as I watch that, like I think there's a similar thing happening there where. Where what I'm really trying to say, Matt, is like back there was a time when like normal looking people would have been a fetish. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. like, oh man, I could really watch a five foot ten, 189 pound normal looking guy, you know, rock <laughs> today. But but what's happening, I think, now is a lot of um that what used to be a fetish has now become a lot more mainstream as um, the porn industry has shifted more towards like the OnlyFans sort of model, right? Where you have yeah. por- uh, porn stars as not really porn stars, but as sort of porn laborers, <laughs> right? Porn, porn independent contractors who <laughs> who, um, who who people have the power to like consume their product um, in a way that is different than. Uh, how it's filtered through like a like a company not that those companies aren't there it's just that i think we're seeing a difference in in you know audiences yeah that's what i see 
Well, uh, the other, the, the next question, uh, it's interesting that you say when you were younger, how things used to be, because when I was younger, I didn't have access to porn. Like if I was lucky, I could get a Playboy or something like that, because mm -hmm. we didn't have the internet readily available. And it was like, and even if you did have the internet, it was like dial up, <laughs> wait for one still image to load. Looking over your shoulder. Yeah. They're coming in. <laughs> but I remember like, you know, the JC Penney's underwear catalog. That was my <laughs> material because <laughs> that's what yeah. you had. And now it's so readily available. It's just like crazy to me how easy it is to get. Who pays for porn nowadays? Mm. Mm. Like, mm. why why would you pay for it? Look, the, the porn industry, $89 is spent on porn every second, according to wow, these really? numbers. $89 every second, $13 billion estimated revenue generated by pornography in the U.S. Wow. $97 billion is the approximate total worldwide revenue generated by pornography annually. $97 billion. Mm -hmm. That's in 2006. Yeah, it's got a... It's so, probably more now, obviously, but I wonder. I wonder where it's split up now. But yeah, that's interesting. Keep going. If you go, if you go online right now, you can, like like you said before, you can accidentally find porn. Who's Absolutely. paying for porn now? <laughs> like all you have to do yeah. is type Pornhub in Google, and bam, there it is, man. You yep. get as much as you want. There's no age limit check. There's no. There's no censorship to it i mean it's just bang right there so who who's paying for porn how do they make any money like <laughs> yeah that's interesting isn't it that's uh and and it's funny i think that in my limited knowledge of the inner workings of the industry because i i have limited knowledge i do have some thoughts and we'll get to it maybe a little later on on um sex workers treated as workers because that that's an important dimension that that the church on one hand is sort of totally incapable of advocating for because we're, we have such backwards wacky ideas about sex and morality and the way that's all connected but but the church that's just one thing there's there's a million other things about it but i but that's a separate thought uh things like Pornhub, I, I the sense i get is that that's what drives or one of the things that drives some of the change in with like the only fan stuff, right? That that's something you can't really access on Pornhub. Yeah. Um, well, because why can't you? Well, um, I haven't tried. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, I, one of the reasons why is, is it's the content is exclusive. And so it's paid exclusive content. The models have a certain amount of power over that content. And so if it's so like Reddit, I don't know if you've ever been on Reddit, uh, but Reddit is, is a, a form of social media. It, it, it utilizes a, a kind of an anonymity social media. So like Facebook is a form of social media that, that you, you can create a fake Facebook. You can do all of that. That happens, but it's not designed for that. It's designed for you to put as close to being yourself up there because uh, so, it's a networking app. You know, it's a, right. it, that, that's the way it's signed. Reddit is uh, you create a username and it's sort of text based and you you can join basically, a, you know, it, it's like forums of topics and stuff. If you yeah, that's where to, like the QAnon thing started, right? Yeah, I don't know if QAnon started in Reddit, but it started in places like Reddit. 
Okay. Um, it's very possible it started in Reddit. Reddit is is um, uh, not a, a historically well. I shouldn't say it's not historically right wing. There's plenty of right wing stuff on Reddit, but it but they are a company similar to Facebook in that they have a level of monitoring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I bring up Reddit because Reddit and sites like Reddit um, often have pirating communities dedicated to like you know finding and cracking and and getting these like exclusive porn videos out there to to folks and that's where you see a number of OnlyFans models like able to really crack down yeah does because you got folks you know reporting them and so that kind of stuff very rarely makes it to Pornhub and and so the alternative is, you know, if folks uh, encounter an OnlyFans model that they really like, um, which is another cool thing, a cool and interesting thing about OnlyFans is that OnlyFans isn't just selling like pornographic content. OnlyFans, these models use OnlyFans as a platform to sell themselves like and craft like a, a style and a personality that their fans kind of consume as well. And so what ends up happening is if you really want to see you know, content from this OnlyFans model that you interact with on Twitter or, or whatever, in many ways, your only option is to buy the content. Right. Which I think- It's like having um, your own personal stripper. <laughs> in some ways, yeah. In some ways, that's the mindset. But, but in, um, and OnlyFans is not perfect. There's lots of, the OnlyFans website takes a cut, you know, obviously that's sort of how all that works. And um, it's not like it's not like a perfect, simple, easy we've you know model, but but it's a mo- it's a model of porn that kind of disrupts certain things, and so you, you've got these big big porn studios that um, in their content is now sort of becoming increasingly marginalized, right? Like you can be cut by there; it's being marginalized by a porn hub that where you can just upload content that they produce for free and nobody really has to worry about it or um, it's being marginalized. These companies are being marginalized by just the change in the way porn is being done as, as people are are becoming maybe a little less interested in um, reduced porn. Right. And they're maybe becoming a little more interested in um Porn with a personality. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Full disclosure, it's not like I pay for porn. (laughs) Full disclosure, A, I don't really have the money to do it. And B, like, I I don't, I I try not to watch it a lot. Mostly because I don't have a ton of time. But also because, (laughs) like, I try not to watch it a lot. Like, I, I just... I have other things I'm doing. I, I could always, instead of watching porn, I could always play with my kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we can yeah. do that. If I were to pay for porn, it would be some, it would not be to like Naughty America or, you know, Hustler. It, it wouldn't be to that. Like, yeah. I, I would want to pay content creators. Like, I'd want to pay people who are making porn and use this money themselves in order to live. Well, that's fair and that's altruistic of you but <laughs> but that leads me to my next question yes sir like just a quick scroll through the opening page of Pornhub mm-hmm. answer me this question 
yeah. what is with all the choking and slapping? Like, you can blame you can blame uh, Fifty Shades of Grey for that. What the hell is going on with that? Like she's doing you a favor. What are you hitting her for? Like, <laughs> I don't understand this. Like, like this is what shocked me. Like I was like the not. It's not just like the content. Like porn is there. It's mm. some of the things that are going on in this porn. It's like, wow. I mean, maybe I'm just showing my age here. I'm 42, but like slapping and choking and and what is with all the the incest? Like everything is yeah, like, oh, I weird. bang my stepmom or I bang my stepsister. Or my well, it's the like, ste- it's got to be step. It's got to be step because that's how you get around oh, some like of the incest oh, laws. Yeah, because it's not weird if it's your stepsister, right? I'm not saying it's not weird. <laughs> I'm I'm saying that like you, that's how you get around the the laws. Like you go, you were, oh, you were talking, you were talking earlier about it being like a, a, a fetish, being seeing normal people or something. Like that would be fetishized behavior to me: slapping somebody, yeah. choking somebody banging your relatives whatever that <laughs> seems like a fetish right but mm. that's not on that's not like you don't have to dig for that like that's not no. something that you have to like search for like if you just type Pornhub, hit enter on your google machine that's the stuff that you're going to see and you're going to see it free and you're going to see it immediately and you're going to see it without any age restrictions or whatever and my concern is i'm thinking about my daughter right sure like, yeah absolutely i think about that too my my it says the average the average age that children are first experiencing porn on the internet right now is 11 years old Mm. 11 Mm. years old that's the first time that they're starting to see this stuff on average Mm. somewhere Mm. before that right what is my daughter gonna think what is she gonna consider normalized sexual behavior if she pops on Pornhub and sees somebody choking somebody or somebody you know slapping somebody around like that's what is that what she's going to perceive as normal and is that what she's going to allow to happen to her when she's not around when i'm not around because she thinks that's normal you know that's what concerns me now i hear people all the time complaining and saying well how am i supposed to explain to my daughter what you know donald trump said or how am i supposed to say to my you're going to have to have these conversations parents you're going to have to have them younger and younger and you're going to have to have them honestly because that is not what a normal, healthy sexual relationship is. Now, mm-hmm. some people might be into that. Some people might not be into that. But we talked a couple of episodes ago about Marilyn Manson, right, with, with, mm-hmm. with Evan Rachel Wood and some mm-hmm. of the things mm-hmm. that she was exposed to. That's the kind of stuff that you can see online for free right now, right now, you know. And years later, as she matures and she understands that that's not a healthy relationship, she turns around and says, hey, I was raped or, hey, I was abused or I was whatever. This is what people see right off the bat. Now, let me be very clear about one thing. I am not in any way suggesting that that stuff should be censored. I don't believe in that. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I do believe is that it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed with the people that are going to be viewing it, which is younger kids. And mm-hmm. people need to understand that that is not a normal, healthy relationship. You should not expect that from your husband. And you should not allow that unless that's something that you're into, which if that's what you're into, whatever. But like, my concern is whenever you see these things, I mean, if there's no longer like the pool boy or the the the, uh, the pizza delivery guy showing up. And, right, you right. Know, like where's, that, that, where's that, the good old fashioned porn? Well, you know, where's the porn <laughs> of our, where's the family values porn? That's what I want to know that stuff was depicted clearly as fantasy 
right? It was I know what you're saying. Clearly yeah. as like uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a situation or a circumstance that is abnormal and, oh, this is kind of hot, right? But sure. this stuff, it, the way it's portrayed with the, re- the reality aspect of it that you were talking about earlier, it's portrayed that like this is normal. This is like what people do. And it's not. It, this is not what I do in my relationship, nor what I want to. I mean, if I'm if I'm lucky enough, and I mean lucky because I'm 42 now, I'm lucky if I'm getting a BJ. I'm certainly not going to pop her upside the head for it. Like, what the hell? That's, What's wrong with that's you? That's fair. That's fair. I, <laughs> I, I know your wife, and and she's a, a a wonderful person and a good friend. And I would not imagine that would go well. Um, wouldn't even <laughs> go well with me. You know, and, and I, I, I understand. Yeah, um, you definitely shouldn't pop her upside the head if she's doing that for you. <laughs> yeah i have a lot of thoughts on that matt i really do i will share them i want i'm interested i want to hear them <laughs> so my first thought is i totally sympathize and agree you know i have a daughter too as you know and so i i and i would and by the way i'd feel this way you know if if, if my if i had a son like like it right. would it would all it, it it's just we're just speaking from our experience as parents with daughters i i agree with you um, I certainly think that for, as I reflect on my experience growing up with sex, you know, and, and which, you know, a little bit about, which I don't have to dive into in a huge way in this podcast, go check out what the hell is a pastor, you know, episode <laughs> purity culture to learn about, learn about that garbage. Um, you know, the sexual relationships and healthy sexual relationships, I think are, um, really, really important like you, as you said, and um, I think that when porn um, is handled carelessly, that's how I'll put it, it has potential to contribute in a, in a similar way that the church does, <laughs> did with me, uh, yeah. in making really bad, making unhealthy sexual relationships and, and creating kind of unhealthy sexual um, uh, views of ourselves or partners or, or stuff like that. I, I agree with you. I really do. Um, I think my other thought, though, is I think that the way that is addressed um, is, as you said, not really by censoring anything, because that's not really that's not really the point. That's not really what we do. Um, but the way that is addressed is by, um, I would say, two things. One having as many opportunities, not just in the household, but in schools, in um, what I might call safe media spaces, spaces where we have, you know, our kids and and other people's best interests at heart and wanting to prepare them and help them. Um, Having as many opportunities as possible to ask questions and talk sort of freely about sex, right? Because sex is not something I want kids to do. That's not what I'm saying. But um, we can't play the game of let's pretend it doesn't exist until they, you know, are doing it. That, right. Yeah, that, that's like, boy, that's just totally unhelpful. That just doesn't do anything. Um, and then when I think that's able to be done, um, then I think that people can then have uh, healthy relationships to sex and even to pornography, which leads me to my second thought on that. Another way that helps, another way this can help is to get ready, is to just decriminalize sex work. Yeah. 
and uh, and and to say, hey, ultimately, sex work is criminalized in this country because we're a bunch of Puritans. <laughs> that's really, right. That's really the it's answer. True. You know, it's true. Um, and uh, whereas we know and we especially see this with things like OnlyFans. What we know is that the majority of sex workers, actually the overwhelming majority of sex workers, are human beings who are doing a job <laughs> right. in order to live, you know, and that's uh, to criminalize them is to endanger them, is to keep them from doing that, is, is, is really to just kind of screw, screw with them in particular. And then it contributes to unhealthy understandings of sex and sexual relationships uh, among non-sex workers and and it um and it, and it kind of fucks the whole thing up in that way here's here's my this isn't my last thought but here's kind of a concluding thought on this section i would approach sex and i would hope i'd be able to approach sex and porn with adrea in a similar way that my dad approached professional wrestling with me <laughs> this kind of sounds funny but i mean it like like my dad never let me believe that what I was watching was real fighting. Right. He never did. He, when I started watching it with him and when we started talking about it, he made it really clear what it was. And I think that porn, um, particularly when we're talking about young people, but really anybody, I think that should be like the porn talk with people. Hey, you have to understand that like this is something watching porn I don't think is is anything anybody should feel ashamed of but um, if you don't really know what you're watching then this can really lead to some confusing things and can lead to some bad stuff um, you should watch professional wrestling everybody should it's amazing <laughs> but but uh, professional wrestling is not real fighting it's not supposed to be Right. It's not it's it's supposed to be entertaining, interesting. It's supposed to get you uh, involved and 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 invested. And porn kind of is supposed to sort of hit a similar button. Right. Um, and that's OK. Uh, and I would hope that, um, you know, as Adrea gets older and she sort of begins to encounter this stuff. I would hope that she would have had lots of opportunity to not feel ashamed about sex and uh, have opportunities to uh, ask questions about, you know, porn. And I would answer. I would hope I'd answer. I do get a little uncomfortable when I pee, you know, in, 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 in the bathroom and Andrea comes in and says, Daddy, is that your peanut? And I, and I like look at her. And I'm like, yeah, because because Beth told me, and she's right, she's right. You, you know, having you know, not talking about it, having pet names for things, uh, actually just endangers the kid because you know then it it confuses them. It does. It, you're not telling them the truth about things, and there can be an increased risk in things like sexual abuse and sexual assault among other people. And well, so what it does is it is it adds a mystery to it. It does. And mysteries mm -hmm. are intriguing. Yes. So yes. if and you so, demystify it and people understand children or whomever really understand what it is, they're less likely to go seeking it more because they mm -hmm. already understand it. That's absolutely right. 
And so even though I don't like that, even though I don't yeah. terribly want to talk to my daughter about too. it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's really the way to go. And I'm a big, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of out myself in this way for a second. Like I follow a number of sex workers on Twitter who I really like, you know, I like to follow them. I like to hear what they have to say. A lot of the sex workers I follow on Twitter are sex workers and academics actually, because uh, I don't, I don't know who once said this on Fox news, but academics are not making $70,000 a year. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not what's happening. And so there are, there are a handful of folks that, that I, whose work I know academically who are also sex workers who do OnlyFans or, or other things. And these are folks who are very smart and who are advocating constantly for um, things like the decriminalization of sex work and, and you know, justice for sex workers. And one of the best uh, conversations I ever saw uh, about this happened on Twitter. This was a little while ago now, but I had, it was just the first time I had really heard of it. And it was uh, um, a sex worker that I follow who has a PhD in English literature, who, who teaches at a school that she's not, she doesn't say where she teaches because that would be, you know, not good. But uh, got into an argument with some pastor on Twitter about selling her body, you know, and uh, and then this pastor is like, you know, you're selling your body and Jesus doesn't like that or, or whatever. And the sex worker is kind of like, what did your dad do? My dad was a construction worker. And are you telling me that your dad did not sell his body right. to be a construction worker? Is that what you're saying? Because that's the dumbest thing in the world. You know, that's the only thing that we sell, guys. Like, like that's that's it. That's that's why sex workers deserve to be protected, you know, and deserve to be protected legally and, and be treated societally as workers, as laborers, as people who do a job, you know. Yeah, That's well, my high horse. The problem is, I mean, obviously, the problem is with uh, the sense of morality, right? Mm -hmm. And people glean this sense of morality through like churches and through society Absolutely. and through the Bible. And there's a, a code, if you will, of morality that people are that are people adhere to. I mean, we have people in this country. We have large sections of this country where you can't even get proper sex education in a school mm -hmm. it, it's mm -hmm. all it's all like abstinence-based only uh sex education where people are afraid to talk about it well i mean and, and it's a difficult conversation to have it can be very i mean sex is by its very nature kind of a private kind of a uh you know taboo sort of thing sure. and you know it's not the same like your dad sitting around watching professional wrestling with you and is able to walk you through it and explain to you like this isn't real and teach you but you're not going to sit down with a drea and watch porn absolutely no <laughs> you you're know? exactly right you're so, exactly I mean, right it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's another level of of uh difficult another degree of difficulty and we have people in this country that aren't willing to have that conversation you know mm -hmm. so you know my fear is that let's say i do everything correctly let's say that i bring my daughter up and I have the right conversations at the right times with her. And she's very well aware of what's going on. But her boyfriend comes from 
a family that didn't want to talk about it. And the only thing he knows is, you know, grab her by the throat. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Oh, so yeah, now yeah. my daughter, my daughter is in a, in a compromised position. She's in a, a position where the person that she's with is uneducated and mm. doesn't, he's not necessarily a bad person, but he's just uneducated and doesn't know what a proper healthy sexual relationship is. They're becoming intimate. These things start happening to her and she's afraid for her life at this point, or she's afraid to offend him or whatever. So she sure. goes along with it. And then she has to deal with that regret later on. It's not something that it's not something that only one um, only one side of the equation can can be aware of. Right. Like everybody has to be on the same page when you're doing this sort of stuff. And uh, I, I don't know how we get around that. I, I know for a fact that my parents wouldn't have wanted to have that conversation with me. I never had that quote unquote birds and the beast chat. Sure. Like everything I learned through sex was trial and error. And boy, was it rough sometimes. And, you know, from my friends and my, my, my peers, that's where I learned about sex from my peers, you know, and it was mostly bravado amongst the guys mm. and with, with the, with the women, it was like, Oh, she's easy or she's a slut or whatever. And, you know, that's how, that's how I learned. So no one ever yeah. really had that conversation with me. And fortunately, I didn't have access to, you know, chokemeout.com or whatever the fuck it is that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like I sure. didn't have access to that stuff. So it kind of is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a matter of responsibility. You know, mm. you, I want, I want people to have the freedom to do what they want to do, enjoy the type, type, types of media that they want to enjoy. I want people to be able to access that stuff. But uh, they need to be responsible about it. And it requires a team effort. It, make, it requires everyone to be responsible about it or we're going to have problems. And my fear is, my feeling is that it's probably just going to continue to get worse because most people aren't, aren't willing to have those kind of conversations. Yeah, I think that that's true. You, you know, as you were talking, Matt, the, I, I don't believe in the culture war. I think the culture war is a made-up thing by conservatives to scare people. But uh, insofar as it exists, this is actually a great example of, of uh, why uh, the culture war around the, surrounding sex is sort of like life or death. You know, like, like if, if you've got a large segment, uh, and I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with the anti-vaxxers too, actually. I, I, think, I think there's a similarity. If you've got a, a, a sizable segment of the country who, who is actively um, uh, uh, um, giving bad information or no information to people about sex and sexual relationships, um, and then we tell them all to mix and mingle, like there's going to be a bad time because you've got groups of people who are not taking responsibility for the sexual education of their kids or, or who are not um, uh, taking it upon themselves to be active members of the community to make sure that, that the communities they're a part of have access to more than abstinence only at sex education, stuff like that. Um, you've got people who are not doing that or for people who are actively working against that. Uh, and then we're told, okay, you know, we're, we're one, we're one body, we're unified, let's go, let's do it. You know, that is, that's scary, because you're right, like, you, you've got, uh, you, you know, we're talking now, 
the potential um, and not just the everyday life is risky potential, but the active potential of putting people's lives and sexual lives kind of in danger because somebody's parent decided to tell them uh, either nothing about sex or what you see in some certain conservative like fundamentalist uh, circles uh, it is the woman's job to do whatever you tell her to do in the bedroom. Right. Which is another scary thing that, you know, I, I think is, um, I, when I reflect on my, my upbringing listeners who have not listened, by the way, to this, to this other fabled podcast I'm talking about, don't worry about it. The quick and dirty version is, is that my parents did not teach me about sex in this way, but as a, as a curious church kid, I read a church literature on sex and it was bad. Like it was all very bad. And it, and it taught me things like that, right? Like it taught me things like men are the only ones who want to have sex and women do not. And, and if you even think about touching yourself before you get married, then you're risking hellfire, which is absurd because if you're a pubescent boy and you're not touching yourself, then you're also just about to shoot up your school. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. like you've got one. Of, it's something's going to give. You know, like please touch yourself. Touch yourself. Yes, yes. Um, have a wank. Get it out. Yeah, of your like please, please don't, please don't shoot anybody. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, and then it also says things like, well, and then once you trick your wife into marrying you, um, then guess what? She's yours. You know, her job is to. Uh, come in you know like like and uh and i knew and there's a part of me that knew that wasn't right like i knew that wasn't right because i have two parents who weren't freaks you know like i knew (laughs) that that wasn't happening you know but but it still was something that was enough to really fuck up my you know sexual relationships and and as i reflect on sexual relationships i've had you know prior to sort of getting my my mind a little more straight you know in that way like i i cringe quite a bit because it wasn't just it wasn't just bad experiences it was it was sort of bad and you know not like not not terribly ethical like not terribly good like i never crossed yeah. like a line that that i couldn't ever come back from but but i definitely was a douchebag like i definitely yeah. was like i would have been a, a villain in a 1980s teen drama you know kind kind right. of thing because i i'm like what am i doing you know like, like it's crazy and so you're seeing that's sort of my point because you didn't know right? right so that's like i was saying before i mean i'm worried that my daughter is going to run into a guy who's a decent dude but he just doesn't know because mm-hmm. no one ever had the conversation with him you know mm-hmm. and now you've got you've got first of all you have unhealthy and unenjoyable sex yeah <laughs> right and you mm-hmm. and you carry these regrets with you throughout your life and it's really unfortunate and it's all because you know no one ever explained anything to you or taught you anything mm-hmm. you know no mm-hmm. one had an honest conversation with you about anything you were left to kind of figure it out all on your own and it's that's unfortunate right right no i agree i agree and, i don't and, really know how to fix it well i think part of it is um part of the reason that it exists is the same reason that the culture wars are fought so much nowadays. Um, it's about power. It's about control. It's about getting people to, to do what you want or distracting people from what you actually want um, as a way to, to 
appease people and incite their incite their emotions mm-hmm. and it's always been used that way it's always been used as a as a militant sort of tool i mean the only thing that the right has right now is their culture like oh, the, yeah. the things that they're screaming about nowadays are, are, are almost purely culture warrior things they're not talking about tax codes they're not talking about fiscal responsibility you know they're talking about um you know dr seuss being canceled right Right. like that has absolutely nothing to do with governing first of all second of all they they, they've weaponized that by saying that the left somehow forced that that wasn't something that the left no one no one went to the publisher of dr seuss's books and said hey you need to get rid of this stuff they did that on their own now as a conservative person you would think that you would be all about a company's ability to do whatever it wants to do with its own product, right? As a yep. conservative, you would say, hey, that's the company's right to, to publish this or do whatever. But no, that's not how it's framed. That's not how it's presented. It's presented as, oh, the left is attacking Dr. Seuss or Potato Head, right? Like, and yeah, these if there's are the one thing that... I know, Matt, if there's one thing I know, Matt, is that Mr. Potato Head has a dick. <laughs> and that's the way it needs to be. <laughs> his little, As a his good little, Christian man. <laughs> his little spud. He's got yes. a little spud. But, you know, th- these are the things that, that are taking up the bulk of conservative media right now. And it has mm. nothing to do with, like, health care or, you know, taxes or any legitimate complaint. The only reason they use that is because they can, they can use that to get somebody elected that will give them the judges they want. Right? Right. Like, like that's why they do this stuff. That's and and uh, the church historically has done similar things. The reason you're not yeah. allowed to like have sex with somebody before you're married is so that you will come back every Sunday and continue to put money in the tithes, right? Like they they use they not when I say they I'm using a, a small t they okay. There's not mean. a specific yeah, yeah. like cabal of people that are out there maliciously like coming up with these plans but that's how it ends up working right and and that's what what gets used against people it, it makes people weak it makes people weaker and makes people mm-hmm. more susceptible to being manipulated mm-hmm. 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 i i agree with all of that you know i i i uh, just got frustrated today with doc, the dr seuss discourse i i engaged in <laughs> In what I call uh, the commie troll. And so the commie troll is when you troll somebody on Facebook uh, by taking, well, when you troll a conservative on Facebook by taking what they're upset about and and suggesting that socialism would fix their problem. (laughs) Um, And so in this case, uh, it was really easy because, you know, everybody's mad about canceling Dr. Seuss. And I was like, yeah, I read about that, guys. You know, the Dr. Seuss Enterprise coming in and another private company taking away our rights. This is why we need more government regulation. Our rights to Dr. Seuss. (laughs) You know, we need a if 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 the government were to just step in and regulate private industry. (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? You know, everybody's like, shut up, shut up. And I'm like, yeah. I'm just saying more socialism would fix the issue you apparently have with not being able to read one of the worst Dr. Seuss books. You know, nobody's right. canceling the Grinch. <laughs> like, that's not what's <laughs> yeah. happening. 
they're, yes, they're going. Don Jr., the cat in the hat is going to be fine. Relax, you know. It is. And, you know, like, like, come on. I find it amusing that Don Don Jr. is not afraid to call Dr. Seuss Dr. Seuss, but he will not call Dr. Joe Biden Dr. Joe Biden. Yeah, can we talk about that for just a quick second? Because I, when when that when that discourse started, like weeks, like this is, I guess, a couple months ago now. When that discourse started, Doctor Jill Biden's not a real doctor because she only has a doctor of education and teaches at a community college. I I like sat there and like stared at it, and I was like, "What in the world?" Can somebody get the story straight, please. Are 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 academics bad or not? Like like. <laughs> Give me a break. Academics are bad. They're all Marxist. They're controlling and manipulating everything. That's, of course, ridiculous because liberal arts education is getting gutted and they're actually historically most engineers are not Marxists. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how it is. But fine, fine. Um, and, and Dr. Jill Biden is a bad academic, which makes her bad. What? Like, it's, it's the dumbest shit in the world. <laughs> the dumbest shit in the world. Well, look at this. Like, I remember you had you had more conservative that's the other thing you have conservative academics of which there are plenty you know like like reading dr jill's uh dissertation which i have a copy of i want to read it you know and and was reading dr jill biden's dissertation and they're like this is useless who cares about retention rates in community colleges and everybody's like god you should because he's <laughs> <laughs> actually studying something that would be helpful are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but I feel like I feel like this is like the Achilles heel of the left, though. Like we step on all these landmines and then we fucking bite. You know, yeah. we bite every time and we when we follow them down these rabbit holes, and it's like, oh my god, what like we can't let anything go. Nobody can let it the the right especially can't let anything go, but the left know. can't let anything go either. And and every once in a while you just have to like when somebody makes a ridiculous claim or a ridiculous argument, you just look at them and go, okay, and move on. Because like, it's not worth wasting your breath on idiocy. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> you're right. I really do. I really do. I, I think that that um, it is sort of consistently frustrating to me too. I think the best um, kind of liberal politicians that I've seen, and there aren't many, but the best liberal politicians I've seen um, don't do that. You know, they they just are like, no, no, like, yeah, oh, great. OK, sure. Cool. You know, and and continue to have conversations about minimum wage and and right and continue to have conversations about health care. And and there are not many, you know, because you're right. I think that most liberal people, most people on the left um, take the bait every time. Um, this is a, a similar but slightly separate issue. The. Uh, the United Methodist Church is still falling apart. I actually thought that we had abandoned that during COVID. Like I thought that the whole, like I'd forgotten <laughs> it was falling apart. But but uh, the conservatives, uh, the traditionalists, have have announced their new denomination, and so they've announced the website and put the website out. They've got this new denomination that that they haven't launched because that's actually against the rules. That would be like the Book of Disciplines equivalent of sedition you know like, mm -hmm. like no but but they put the website out that and they've essentially said that if um at the next general conference whenever that really will be comes around if at the next general conference um they are insisting on splitting the church with this some of this legislation that's open 
then we're going to do this. We're going to go down this road. And, and, and it's ridiculous, Matt. Like it's, it's the, it's the silliest website I've ever seen. It's, it's the silliest denomination I've ever seen. There's nothing on the website talking about gay people. Well, that's because gay people aren't allowed in the church. Yeah, you're right. Um, But the best part about it is like, we're all sitting there like, so in five to 20 years, when you get your first round of adult gay people who grew up in this denomination, like, what are you guys going to do then? Like, you're just going to, you're going to split again? Like, you're going to reform again? Like, like you can't escape this. It's biology. You know, like, what are you doing? But uh, they have a, they have a specific part of their website dedicated to women uh, being ordained. And they're like, and, and the website says at this point, women are allowed to be ordained. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that'll be first. That'll be the We're first thing they do. Once we get everyone's money and we have the uh, power structures in place, they're out. But for now, we'll let them but in for at, now, least at the ground please. level. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's outrageous. It's outrageous, but um, but it's that kind of a thing, right? You know, it, it's the 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 whole. They're calling themselves the Global Methodist Church. That's the new name of their denomination. We're the Global Methodist Church, uh, because we've got Africans and and uh, and seven angry white people, um, and and that's us, you know. Uh, they're against. They're against globalism. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, like none of it, none of it makes a single bit of sense. And so I suggested that when they split off, we change the name of the United Methodist Church to the Biblically Correct Methodist Church. Like, like that should just be our name. Like, just to bother them. Like, the more correct Methodist Church, better than the Global Methodist Church. Like, I, I just this is it's just absurd. But um, but but it's but like you said, Matt, it's sort of pure culture war. Right. Like that's that's the whole thing. It has nothing to do with anything other than the culture, right. um, because uh, th- these are people who either don't care about, you know, LG- they, they don't care about any of the stuff they say they care about. We've we've had this conversation a million times and I've had this conversation a million times with the church and with other people like the the conservatives of the methodist church uh say it's not that we care about throwing gay people out it's that we care about upholding the book of discipline and following the rules yeah the specific rule about throwing gay people out you know you don't mind about the other rules that you break right the other (laughs) rules are of course totally fine to be broken you know the 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 rules that say we can't be members of the clan or the rules that say (laughs) you know um uh, America first is, is actually sort of a heresy and, and to support <laughs> Donald Trump during this, this the last four years is, is sort of totally goes against church doctrine and church polity and it doesn't make any sense you know but, but no that's all fine um, and it's all to gain a hold of this denomination that none of them really care about that's the other thing no. that none of them that none of them care about they don't have any goals for growth they don't have any goals for for discipleship it's just sort of Okay, we've got it. We've done it. Yeah. The gays are out. You know, we did it. Good job, everybody. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. And and like, I want to make sure that I'm clear about what I said about that, like, 
letting things slide. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that doesn't mean you don't have a fight. I'm all about scrapping it out with people. Like when somebody says some dumb shit to me, I can't help myself but to rebut, you know. But what I'm saying is you can't let it infect you, right? You can't Mm -hmm. you can't let it infect you. I am all for slamming the brakes on somebody's dumb ideas, you know, or letting them know that they're they're not correct or or that the facts are not what they say they are. I do it all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. why I get in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> i don't mind i don't mind being in trouble it doesn't bother me but the, the point is you can't you can't uh you know when you're beating a dead horse sometimes um you can't let it drag you down it doesn't mean you stop you can't right you can't let it right. drag you down though right that doesn't mean that yeah. you roll over and let them have their way but you can say okay this person's an idiot so i mean there's only so much you can do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and my version of what you're saying essentially just boils down to I don't have bad faith arguments with people on Facebook. I don't do but that. Certain you know? people are only going to have bad faith arguments. Anytime a culture warrior is saying something, it's, it's starting off in bad faith, right? right? That doesn't mean that you let that shit slide, but you can very easily point to the rest of the people that are around you and go, look at this person. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, exhibit a yeah exhibit a of why i'm correct this guy is screaming this guy is screaming about mr potato head's tiny penis you know yes. and thinks that he has to have one where the world will fall apart <laughs> you know one thing i know is that mr potato head has to have a throbbing dick his dick's got to be throbbing yeah. if it's not throbbing then you know, the liberals win again. I'm like, yes. And you're, you're hmm. watching the wrong porn. That's yeah, well, and it all comes full circle, right? Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying. 